0: That's it to right field. Long run for Pilar. And Pilar all out into foul territory to make the play.
1: Bogarts with a drive out to right field. Judges back on it and that one's gone! Against all odds there's a high fly ball driven deep to right go back to the pen. Leaps up. He caught it! He caught the ball! He took it back!
2: And I will keep on waiting for better
0: day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pesky Poll Podcast. My name is Robert and we have a very, very special episode for you guys. This is episode 50. First of all, the 50th episode of the Pesky Poll Podcast. We've almost been running for a full year now it's absolutely insane but joining me for this special 50th episode we got three college kids who just started a podcast they are on episode they technically said 14 or 13 and a half but i'll let them introduce themselves to you guys some of you might know them featured on the section 10 podcast the gone bridge boys guys how you doing today i'm
1: doing fantastic tell you that much
0: (laughs) i'm so excited to have you on like i said now, most of my um, audience, I know our Section 10 listeners, probably about 60%. So some of them probably heard you guys before, but reintroduce yourself to the people. Tell them who you are, what your major is, stuff like that.
1: I'll kick it off. Uh, my name is Alex. I am a sophomore at UNH, business analytics major. Um, yeah. Nice. I am Steve Brady
3: on the podcast. I'm known as Steve, as per usual, I'm a communication major. Also go to UNH, just like the rest of the three of us, two of us, whatever. And uh, yeah.
4: And uh, I'm Andrew. I'm a sophomore accounting student with a a minor in business management or uh, sports management. Jeez, I don't even know my minor. And uh, (laughs) yeah, pumped to be here. This is going to be a fun show.
0: This is going to be awesome. I can't wait. But I just have to say it first. Massachusetts is better than New Hampshire. I'm sorry.
3: Mass is better than New Hampshire, I totally I can't disagree. disagree. We agree. Okay, yeah, good. Then why why'd y'all choose UNH? Because we it's actually, a nice school, we got a good administration and a lot of good people. I wouldn't have met these two guys if I didn't go to UNH, so I'm agree. happy I, I chose there.
1: UMass doesn't bring a group like this together.
4: No, I, I, I agree. Yeah, I'm yeah. from Connecticut and uh, you know oh, I yikes. looked at UMass. I looked at UNH and I was just like, you know what? UNH is the one. Pretty close to Boston, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I've I've been fortunate enough to meet these two guys and been having a lot of fun with this. All right. So before we start, I do have to ask, how
0: did we get this whole thing running together, and where did we get the name from?
4: Um. All right. Well, back in the spring, I started doing radio. We have a radio station on campus, and I was doing mm-hmm. sports radio, and I met the sports uh, I guess he was like the program director. His name is Kevin Larney. He's a senior at UNH now. Great guy., uh, so the show is called Wild Chat Sports. And um, once we got sent home from Covid, he started um, reaching out to a bunch of people on social media, doing interviews, doing podcasts. I've done um, interviews with him with like Johnny Damon, Johnny Gomes, Raji Davis. Kidding. Yeah, we've had some really great guests. He's interviewed Floyd Mayweather, a bunch of actors. So what? he was yeah, he's he's killing the game. Um so we stayed in touch all summer. I was doing a lot of like blogging for his site. And so once we got back up to school, um, you know, the Red Sox, the season was kinda of winding down, but I wanted to do more with the Red Sox, but I didn't I didn't really know who to do it with. So you know i was in ato i think it was both of them came up to me and they knew that i had they'd like seen some of my interviews before and they were like hey like we should do a baseball episode together i was like listen that sounds like a great idea and then from there i was kind of like hey like this doesn't have to be like one episode Mm -hmm. we can have it be a a running series and originally it was going to be just on the wild chat sports youtube page yep and um and then we, it was the beginning, it was towards the end of October, beginning of November. And I was like, hey, like I texted Kevin, could we do like a, a Red Sox podcast? And he was like, absolutely. Cause uh, he didn't have like, a, like another podcast besides the main one. So we started it up. First episode was a little rough compared to what we're working with now, but mm-hmm. uh, it's been a ton of fun. And I mean, just where we're at right now, I, I know that none of us envisioned it. I don't know what else you guys have to say about it, but that's kind of how we started.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'll chime in real quick. All I wanted was I definitely went up to Clausen first, or Alex, and I said I knew Gardner or Andrew had his own little show going, and I said, Alex, don't you think it would be fun if we did an episode on Andrew's show just about the Red Sox because I know you love the Red Sox just as much as I do, and I know that Andrew loves the Red Sox just as much as either of us do? I think that would be really fun, so we – approached Andrew after we knew him, obviously, because he was in the same fraternity as us or uh, getting like recruited to the same fraternity as us. And we knew him a little bit and we approached him and he was all about it. And then the main producer of the Wild Chat Sports, who is kind of our big brother in this situation, uh, really took, like, took us under his wing, I guess you could say, and it's been working really well for us and it's been a really good relationship and it's been my favorite part of the week honestly recording these episodes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll tell you I'm pretty glad we didn't just do one episode cuz if you go back and listen to episode 1 it's terrible. The first step like, is tough. Like I don't think so I, know, like, I know for yeah, me it's always it's I was always rough. Prepared. I
4: mm-hmm. was not
1: prepared at all. I kind of didn't know what we were talking about um and then like we just hopped in and it was a lot of like thumbs and butts and likes and yeah yums. it wasn't I still, of do, that. I still do that
4: it just wasn't much of a conversation it was basically I would bring up a topic and I'd be like Steve what do you think about this and he'd answer and I'd be like okay Alex yeah you go. and then we move on to the next thing and now it's gotten to the point where you know we will go into an episode with at max I would say two to three talking points and we'll come out and we'll have a whole bunch of other stuff that we will talk about and I think that's that's the sign of a, like a good relationship with who you're recording with. I mean, it, it just mm-hmm. shows that, uh, you know, you guys get each other. And I mean, it, it's taken us time. I will say that it's not something that yeah, happens. Yeah, I'd right say
3: now. that we didn't produce an even remotely decent podcast until at least episode five.
4: Mm-hmm. I would, yeah. I, I didn't... Every
3: episode since then has been way better. But <laughs> even the first five were just tough. They were Yes.
0: Tough. I see when I, when I was just getting started with this thing. Me and my friend who I started with, were always looking on like, what angle do we drive this in to make this unique? You know, there are a ton of baseball podcasts out there. How do we make ours unique? And we were just like, we need to make this funny somehow. But we weren't really like putting out our own personalities to like episode 20. It took us so long to get like really into that mindset that you guys are it's
3: talking about. It's not easy. It's really not yeah, easy. Exactly.
0: And for two guys that have never picked up a microphone before, that have never done a podcast, like, I still remember our first episode. We let out on February twentieth, I I believe, and with the you know you remember what happened the week before that,
3: before February twentieth.
0: Yes, right in the middle of February. Was that so, the
4: whole Astros? Was that like Corey getting fired? Or? Nope, that's a big big thing with the Red Sox.
3: Oh, you gotta tell me. You gotta tell me. Yep, there we go. Oh geez. Wait, what'd you oh, come on, on? Was it?
4: That took us way too long to. That (laughs) took us way too long to figure out. I've totally blocked that out of my yeah. Was that That really? That was episode like a year ago. Yes,
0: that was almost one
1: year ago. At this point, it still hurts so bad. But I pushed. I pushed that so far to my subconscious. I I forgot about that. (laughs) one. Let's not talk about it too much.
0: Nope. He's he's happy. We're happy, but we're sad at the same time. (laughs) That's what that's what we'll say. Doing
3: as good as we could be.
0: Yes. I want to. I want to get into the news, and then I, I do got some more questions for you guys at the end about the whole podcast because I'm I'm really curious about your guys' startup and everything. But
3: yeah, for sure.
0: First thing we got to talk about: some sad news came out. It was either yesterday or two days ago. We, for us, right, 2007. I, I was I was only eight years old. I'm assuming you guys were only like five, six years old.
3: I was um, uh, seven
4: that year. Yeah, I, I would have been six.
0: six. Same age range, six. just about. Yep. So we we saw – this guy has been in our Red Sox lives literally the entire time we've loved baseball. And so just watch Dustin Bejoria retire like this. I'm not going to lie, it hurts. It hurts yeah. really bad.
3: It doesn't yeah. feel good. It, it feels like it was a long time coming, but no amount of time could have – prepared me for actually saying goodbye to this guy Mm -hmm. because like you said he was pretty much everybody's favorite player he was the al mvp he was the rookie of the year Mm -hmm. he was the heart and soul of the red Sox, and he had a great career with us and i'm gonna miss him i'm just gonna miss him
1: yeah i'm not god
4: i know i was just gonna say i'm not gonna lie i was kind of prepping for this i think we all were for a long time i mean we yeah. knew what did we say he'd only played like 20 games since 2017 something like that. i think he yeah. played
3: eight games actually not, not even yeah was so he
4: would i mean we knew that his body was breaking down we knew that he wasn't gonna be able to play we knew that but i'm when i woke up yesterday and i saw that he was retiring it hurt me more than i thought it was going to and Uh, yeah, it stinks. It really stinks. Um, A cornerstone in all of our childhoods and, uh, you know, you don't get a second baseman like that every day. Mm
1: -hmm. I feel like it's, it's kind of a weird feeling because for three years, we never really saw him on the field. We forgot how good he was and then he retires and it all kind of comes back. You see the highlight clips, you see all the pictures, all that kind of stuff. And you remember how big of a piece he was in 07 and then 2013 as well, and then any time in between, and it just kind of rushes back. It's like, damn, Like again, you don't get a second baseman like that every day.
0: Yeah, and that that's around when I started loving baseball. It was around eight years old. I mm-hmm. would sit in my family's living room, and I had DVDs of 07 and 04, and I would just watch those back continuously. Ugh, this, which, which one do you think hurts more, this or Big Papi's final game?
1: I get it. I got to say Poppy because and that that be, made a that be, made a like, grown
0: man cry because oh, it was
1: he came out to the field and he was crying and it was at Fenway mm-hmm. and it was one of those like you knew it was coming but you couldn't prepare for it. Yep. And then he just came out, he was so sad. They just got kicked out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like it really it hurt. Yeah. Yeah, the let's thing let's about ask. Poppy was that he had that whole farewell tour. He got the
3: Pen phone from the Orioles, he, <laughs> which was a fantastic. Year. That was beautiful. <laughs> Never mm-hmm. forget. If that you one. don't know what I'm talking about, he got at a certain year. I don't. I can't tell you it what. It was year 13,
0: wasn't be. it? I think it was 13. Yeah.
3: Yeah, in 2013, Poppy was frustrated with. He made an out. Went back to the away dugout at uh, Camden Yards and he took his bat and just absolutely destroyed the phone <laughs> to the bullpen. If we're just being ruined it, if we're mm-hmm. being
4: honest, he almost destroyed or ended Pedro's career right then and <laughs> yeah, there. He, he was, was inches, inches away Pedroia with the fragments like, inches away from hitting him with the bat. Jeez. Yeah,
3: but the Orioles organization was very classy, which gave him a great gift, held on, had the like foresight to hold on to that phone for however many years it took them or it took poppy to retire like four or five, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And they gave it to him on the farewell tour. And that whole entire farewell tour was just it, Poppy was raking that entire year. He was He, he should never tired. Yeah. He won. He was the best offensive player in the like entire AL that year, essentially. Mm-hmm. So it was tough to see him go, especially since he was performing at such a high level.
4: Yeah, I remember for most of that 2017 season, um, we were struggling with the DH. And that was why we brought in JD for 2018, because that was such a big hole. And that was one of the reasons why when we got to the playoffs in 2017, we didn't go far. We'd gotten sale, but we still needed that one piece. Mm -hmm. I remember through most of that year, people were like, when is Poppy going to come out of retirement? When is he coming back? Obviously, he wasn't going to. I mean, his feet were just, they had completely given up on him. And I loved everything they did with the farewell tour. And I wish that Pedro had gotten a send-off like that. And I, I wish that they'd almost did something like the Mets did with David Wright. I right? wanted that too, yeah. He came back maybe for a series next year uh, or something because he deserved it. And it really I, – I couldn't tell you the last time he played on the field. I don't yeah. remember it.
0: I would
3: have liked to see him on the field one last time.
4: Yeah. It's, it's
0: just sad because we probably watched that game. And we probably watched the last time he stepped foot on the field and just never knew it. Yeah. And seriously. that honestly hurts more than anything oh, I didn't else. Didn't even know it. It's it's it still hurts. It's it's gonna take a long time to be able to really digest that. Because like I said, we haven't seen him in, you know, all last year and very little for the past two years before that. So it's just gonna take a while to really think like
3: just process. He's it.
0: Actually gone. He's actually retired. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad but I wanted I want to get your guys' opinions on the off season. All right, 2020 for the Red Sox. All right, Dustin Pedroia sadly wouldn't have made it better, but the, the 2020 season sucked.
4: It was terrible. All right, we had guys like Robert Stock pitching. Do you guys remember Robert Stock? The only like, thing I remember about Robert Stock was the tweet that someone said about his, his wife and his wife responded. That was, probably <laughs> yeah, my, was like beautiful. the highlight of the season. No,
0: it's a funny story about Robert Stock. All right. Um, remember, uh, I think was it Domingo Tapia? Yeah, we released Domingo Tapia. Right? I couldn't even tell you who that is. If I'm being yeah, he no was idea. he he was a really good. Um, he was uh, more of a prospect.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But had had a 98 mile an hour heater. We could always use more of that. Right? His first. Absolutely. His first. Um, I still remember I was at work listening to the game. His first time he was on the mound in 2020. First pitch, 98 mile an hour fastball, strike. Second pitch, 98 mile an, uh, mile per hour home run. It was not good. <laughs> but he's with the Mariners now. He got released. I was pissed about it. Put a post on on Instagram saying, if Robert Stock is back in a Red Sox uniform for 2021 and we don't have him, I'm gonna be pissed. And Robert Stock commented on it saying, we'll just wait and see. No way. Now That's he got so he funny. got released to the, now he's in
4: the Cubs. <laughs> Oh, the Cubs, the Cubs is
0: where Red Sox players go to try and revive their career.
4: F- oh, yeah. Honestly, Honestly. they're way started too many. I started with Theo. Yeah. In some, some cases, follow. you
3: extend it a little bit, like John Lester. In some cases, you just die like Kirk
4: mm-hmm. him, I didn't realize yes, that Alan that was Webster was still pitching for the Cubs up until really? like, like last year or two years ago. I hadn't heard of him in years. I haven't heard that name
0: in so When long. I
4: saw him pitching, I was like, yep, classic Theo, like bringing his guys back. Actually, I, yep. Yeah, uh, no, I don't think that was Theo's guy, but he still pitched for the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys remember Josh Osich? Oh, oh yeah. boy, do I have a story yeah. about Josh Osich. Oh, I, please went to, tell. I went to Winter Weekend last year, and um, they have, like, the autograph rooms. Oh, where, yeah, I remember you telling this story on section. <laughs> this is a 10, great story. Where you wait, you, like, you stand in line, you wait to see who comes out. So, I'm like, yeah. oh, boy, like, you know, maybe Ortiz or, like, I don't know, anyone, we'll Pedro, lucky, Devers.
3: Yeah. Pedro.
4: <laughs> boy. <laughs> And I'm um, trying to think who comes out first. It was Fred Lynn. I was like, awesome. Fred Lynn, great. I mean, he's a little bit of an older guy. I don't know too much about him, but I know mm-hmm. he's like a Red Sox legend. Yeah. Then this guy comes out, sits down at the autograph table, and I'm like, who the hell is that guy? And it was Josh Osich. And I still have signed baseball from him, but I was just like, really? And my dad was like, hey, maybe he'll be like the next big thing in Boston. And he's not, didn't even make not it. Not even game.
0: close. Very, Very optimistic. optimistic. Take that ten ERA and go shove it. Horrible. Yeah. All right. We but we had we had so many guys who you just will never remember the name like Mike Kickham, even though he had, <laughs>
3: even though he had
4: beautiful hair.
3: Mike uh, Kickham, our second favorite guy. Uh, yes, uh, Matt Hall.
4: We love um, Matt Hall on our podcast, very I'm sarcastically. The, but you know, you know, who my favorite player. Let's,
3: Let's see, you know? Who's your favorite player?
4: That's my man, Kevin Pillar. Kevin I miss Pillar. A beautiful He's... man.
3: He was a a solid piece when he was on our team for that half a season.
4: I think if we didn't sign Kike, I think Pilar is a prime candidate to come back on the team. We'll 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 get into that. All right. First first
0: guy I want to get into is Garrett Whitlock. All right. Now Garrett Whitlock was a guy we took with our Rule Five draft pick from the Yankees, which the Yankees at the time really needed pitching. So it was weird that they let him go off the forty. I interviewed the guy a couple months uh, back in early December, like right after the Rule Five draft. And I can't wait to see what this guy can do. He's he's a very humble guy, and he's just so excited for that experience to be on got, the field.
4: He's got pretty good numbers. I mean it – It's not bad at all. No. I mean, better than 90% of the guys we had last year. So Exactly. And, you know, with, with
0: the rest of the pitchers we got, he's going to be a guy that can really just kind of take the back reins for a season, come in when he's needed, like maybe in blow-up games or something like that, and just learn. And be better for this team come next year, two years down the road.
3: Yeah, we really just need him to be solid this next year. And like you said, come in, take his spots that we're going to need him to come in and do good just good enough. Just be a solid person. Mm -hmm. And going back to uh, your original question is how we feel about the offseason. I feel pretty good about the offseason so far, honestly, with guys like Kike and Adovino and Richards. I... This is pretty much how I envisioned this offseason was going to go. I mm-hmm. didn't imagine we'd even get a guy like Ottavino, so that Pleasant really surprised me. Yeah,
0: I was not expecting that at all. That was yeah, amazing. So overall,
3: I'm pretty – I mean, people are hating on Haim. People have called to cancel him to get him out of Boston, all this stuff. I mean, we didn't give him an, enough of a chance to no. even do anything yet. We didn't give him a full off season. Mm-hmm. some people. So I'm happy with the way things are going right now. I never expected us to sign Trevor Bauer or one of those top free agents. I expected us to do what Heim does, sign these uh, low to mid-level contracts and just get some solid pieces. And so far that's what he's brought
1: us and I couldn't be happier with it. Absolutely. Yeah, Steve, I'm in the same boat. I mean, when I think about the 2020 Red Sox, they were terrible, but I also don't think that they were too far off from – 2018, where they were contending for a World Series, won a World Series, contending for a World Series. And I think that these few little pieces of Kike and bringing back Cora back and, you know, a couple healthy seasons of some guys getting a little more experience under some belts, I think that 2021 is going to look a lot better. Um, I think I may be jumping forward here, but, um, you know, my prediction for this year, I think this team probably has a ceiling um, of, like, a good wild card team, like competitive wild card team. Um, you know, I don't know that they're going to win the but division. But, Boston,
3: after last season, that's all you can really ask for.
1: Exactly. And that's a good bounce back. Going from Ooh. the third worst team in baseball to a wild card team, I mean, that's a huge jump.
4: Yeah. Boston, I'm going dis- to I'm going to agree and disagree with you. I'm going to disagree with you to the point that you said this team was close to the 2018. Yeah,
1: I don't know
0: where you're coming from. No, no. That. I <laughs> mean,
4: like
2: <laughs> – I don't know right, where, where right, that came Mookie from.
0: bets – Minus, minus of the, best. the My second best, second best player sort in baseball, of pitching Craig Camberl, Joe Campbell Campbell Kelly, Campbell Campbell Campbell. Campbell Campbell. Price, All right, Price. All right.
4: Minus E-Broad. the pitching staff. There's a lot of guys. Yes, However, there's a I, lot missing. I will agree with you. Um, I'm under the – well, I've always been the type of guy to believe that in any sport, if you get into the playoffs, you have as good of a chance as any other team to make a run at the title. And I, I know that pitching – is what's going to carry you in baseball. I don't know if the Red Sox have that depth this year. But listen, if you get into the wild card uh, and you're playing, I don't know, even like the White Sox, like I could see the Red Sox making some noise, maybe getting to the championship series. I don't know. I think that they they patched up the holes pretty nicely, and I'm pretty pretty confident.
0: Here's, here's the thing. I, I don't have as much confidence as you guys. I want to be clear. I don't think – This team has a lot of depth now, and I really like it. You know, we have 13 guys that can pitch for us. Nine of them, or 10 of them, I feel confident in, minus Ryan Brazier, uh, Jeffrey Springs, and Matt Barnes. The other nine, I feel completely confident in pitching for us. You you feel confident in Matt Hall? Matt Hall, is he still here? There's no way he's still here. Oh, he's still here. Oh,
1: you're kidding I just, he wanted was... to ma- just wanted to make sure he wasn't in that confident <laughs> list. No. Hey, no him but no. also,
3: Matt Barnes, his spin rate is like top three in the league every year, so don't sleep on that. Yeah, but just but,
0: check out that ERA. He's yeah, about as clutch as Chapman. No, his
3: K per nine, excuse me, not his spin rate. His K per nine. He's very solid. K per nine. He
4: just serves up curveballs to every other guy, and they kill him. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's either – it's either a strikeout, a double, or
0: a home run with him. There's No, you're right.
3: You're right. That's accurate. And that's why like his ERA is
0: through the roof. Like Kimbrel, mm-hmm. like Chapman. <laughs> Imagine this team were to trade for Chapman instead of Ottavino. I you know,
3: don't even want Chapman. Oh, my god. I, I, I don't want That would have
0: been terrible. I would have hated that so much. But, yeah, like, I'm, I'm just not as confident as you guys. I don't think we have the star power enough to really make a good hole. And you guys can come back at me and say the Marlins from last year, like they were projected to be third worst in the league. And ended up keep being bounced in the second round. And do I think that's a possibility? Yeah, but realistically I see this Red Sox team with probably in between seventy five to seventy eight wins at the end of the season.
3: Well, you don't even see them as a wildcard team. I do borderline.
0: I don't even see them top two in the AL East. Maybe well,
3: not Personally, I would say that their ceiling is maximum a wild card spot with a first round knockout. Like you, they're done. They're not mm-hmm. going to win a playoff game, I don't think. But at the same time, even if they did make the wild card game, which you can argue whether or not that's actually a playoff game, because I know some people don't like the wild card and they don't like it's playoff. it's playoff baseball.
4: Yeah, I totally agree. It's, with you. it's, I think it's post. It's postseason baseball. It's yeah, not it's postseason. Baseball. It's
3: playoffs. Whatever. I don't That's either way. Time they're time. not going to win it. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm. I'd be more than happy if they did. Mm-hmm. But it's you're right. One. I. I don't have. Don't get me wrong. My confidence in the Sox team next year isn't blowing anybody away. I'm not overly confident in these guys. But at the same time, it's the off season, and I'm watching these moves develop in front of me. And I want to, I want to believe in this team and I want to believe that they're going to make some kind of run at some kind of uh, like postseason game. And whether or not that's just me being a homer and I love the Red Sox, sure, you can call me that, but that's just what I want to believe at this time. And hope- hopefully they don't prove me wrong. There's-, there's definitely a chance that they do, but hey. If you're a Red Sox fan and you can't believe right now, then when can you believe? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, I, after the traumatic, traumatic 2020 season, we'll call it that, right? I'd be, so basically, the way I listen to most of the Red Sox games, especially once I worked overnight at Lowe's. So what I do is I just sit there, put my headphones in, turn on the Red Sox game, and just listen and basically cry in between the shelves as I'm stalking them yeah never brutal never again it was bad when i need to use my work to distract me from the red Sox game because it was just that bad it, it was so bad
3: Rosa.
4: we were um, saying last episode that we could only remember maybe three to five games from last year that you could like pick out and actually remember like one of them was same, opening yeah one of them was mm-hmm. the verdugo catch to end the game one was the aim mm-hmm. or like Zuelen caught for Kevin Polwicki. Like there were only a handful <laughs> of games in there. I mean and and again like half of them weren't even positive. So, yeah. no, I remember
0: I remember the game they had against the Yankees where they were up like 5-3. Oh my god, they're going to run us out of time. Whatever, we'll we'll pick it back up. I'll cut it. But um what was it Dugway completely for Oh yeah, the game against the Yankees where they're up like 5-3 and then they said to pitch to Aaron Judge who at the time had like Six home runs in five games, and I what do you know? That. Boom, another one, and we end up losing that game. That was when we Major still thought we were good, air, right? Yeah,
4: that was when we still thought we were good. Right. So going going back to the Red Sox ceiling, I'm gonna make kind of a bold prediction right here. Not that bold. Um, I think that both wild card teams are gonna come out of the AL East this year, and I think mm-hmm. that that second wild card is gonna be between the Red Sox and the Blue Jays this year. I think that the White Sox are gonna win the Central. The A's are going to win the West. I think that the Indians have sold off too many pieces. I don't think that they're going to be ultra competitive this year. Mm -hmm. And other than the Indians, I've never been that big on the Twins. I think that the Twins are kind of overrated. Um, The Astros, they're an interesting team this year as well. I think they're going to miss the playoffs this year, which um, leaves two playoff spots for um, four teams or three playoff spots for four teams, so the Red Sox, Blue Jays, Rays, and the Yankees. And again, Red Sox just have to stir it up in the division. Winning games in the division is what's going to be the key this year. So I could definitely see it happening. 100.
1: Uh, the A. L. East is definitely tougher than most years. Um, I can think of a lot of times where the A. L. East was the Blue Jays were the Blue Jays, the Rays were bottom of the barrel. The Orioles were at the same bottom of the barrel, and it was the Yankees who might be good, might not be good, and the Red Sox who also might be good, might not be good. Mm-hmm. So there are plenty of those years, but I think this year, where the Rays are coming off a World Series, I don't think they'll be as good, um, but still coming off a World Series, and then the Blue Jays with everything they've done this offseason, and the Yankees who haven't gotten better but haven't gotten worse. Um, I think you have those three teams that. You know, you can stack up against the Red Sox and say none of them are an easy out, and you're going to have to, just like Garner said, you're going to have to win those division games if you want to make it through, because you're not going to have as good of a break playing against other teams if you can't win in your division.
0: All right. Yeah. So yeah. Before before we end up the call and restart again, I need to ask you guys: give me a grade on your on how you feel the Red Sox did this off season from A to F. Go. I'd give I'll be it like,
3: first. Uh, I would give it a solid B to B minus somewhere in that, that area, probably more towards a B minus, but at the same time, I wasn't expecting much more than that. So I'm happy with it. Mm -hmm.
4: I would go with honestly, like a B plus to an A minus because this is what we were expecting them to do. As Steve said, there were no expectations to go out and get Trevor Bauer or George Springer. And honestly, I don't even want George Springer. I don't want to be tied up in a big contract again where in two to three years he's just eating at the potential we have to sign other free agents. So, honestly, I'm fine with it. These were the moves that I thought they were going to somewhat make, yet they still surprised me getting, like, Ottavino, I really like Richards. I thought that they were going to go for similar guys, just not as good of talent. So, mm-hmm. I, it's pretty,
1: pretty good marks in my book, honestly. I would say B- and I'm tempted to even kick them down to c plus because –
2: Wow, Colson. Because of – That's though,
1: Like Gardner said, they did what they were supposed to, and they were supposed to go out and sign a couple guys to stay under the luxury tax. They're still kind of reeling from the Mookie Betts trade, and they still have a lot of way to go pitching. But I look around the MLB, and I think the Blue Jays just got a whole hell of a lot better. Mm-hmm. And there's other teams, maybe not all of them in the AL, but there's other teams in the NL – that traded for superstars. I'm sure we'll get into it later in the episode. But guys like Lindor were on the move, and guys like Nolan Arenado were on the move. Yeah, so, but like that doesn't
4: it, fit the Red Sox. You got to look. It at doesn't it like, at all. Yeah, it like, doesn't. But it I know tells that the Blue Jays get me. better with Springer. The Red Sox probably would have too. But long term, how does that benefit the team? I mean, that so, just that are just you happy the progress so if we'll the Red Sox any. walk away with Springer? Are you really happy with that? No. But exactly. I'm just saying, exactly. So here's, so what here's would my make, point.
1: What would have made you happy? The How would that <laughs> bring us up from a C plus? So here's my point. So the Sox did what they did and they were fine with that. But with all these other guys on the move, it tells me that there are teams that are pushing for a world series harder than this and where you're going out and like the Mets going out and getting, you know, um, who did they, uh, James McCann, they signed him behind the plate. And Francisco Lindor, the second best, second uh, shortstop in baseball. You know, guys like that are on the move. And Nolan Arenado, best third baseman in the game, on the move. There are teams that are actively trying for a World Series harder than the Red Sox. And not that 2021 was the year, just because the market was so thin. But I look around and say, if you were to power rank them, the Red Sox are not toward, are probably not even the top ten of off of off seasons, just because of the moves they've made. They made depth moves, and they made team-friendly moves, but they're not really, comp- like, competitive moves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: I, di- I disagree with you, honestly. Like, are these moves going to put butts in seats next year? Like, no, they're not. Is anybody coming out to see Garrett Richards pitch? Like, not really. But is this I mean, No one in- can. <laughs> Well, really? that's the thing. Although maybe I don't know.
3: But look, I see what Clausen is saying because no,
4: I get it. But those moves fit those teams better. The Red Sox aren't going out and trading for Arenado. Who are we going to no. trade? It's well, right. like, Why would so, we do that?
1: Gardner, well, I'm not, no, saying, I'm not, not saying, Sox, saying. I'm not I saying the Sox. I'm not saying they Fox. should have signed yeah. those guys. But well, what are you that, saying? <laughs> with that caliber of player is widely available on the market It right wasn't, now. though. Hold, and on, for hold, on, hold on, hold on, But it was. Okay,
0: okay. No, we hold had on, we on, had on, that on. caliber of player. It wasn't our time to win a World Series. It's still not our time to win the World Series. The timetable isn't right. We had Mookie. We traded away Mookie to get assets to prepare us for the future. Our timeline is 2023 to 2024. In no way, shape, or form should the Red Sox have been looking to buy anyone this offseason. They should have been looking to get guys yeah. that maybe could play well for one year or they can flip at the trade deadline.
3: I agree. All right, so you guys but, are totally right. Hold on. Let me, let me try and defend Klaassen right, for a hot right. second right here. All right. You got well, like three minutes. The, the way that I think that Klaassen is looking at this question is he's looking at the off season as an, like as a whole. And the Red Sox are included in this off season as just a singular piece of it. And I think that the way that we looked at this grading segment is that we were looking at the Red Sox off season in and of itself, as a singular thing, not compared to anybody else. And Clausen's looking at it as this thing that is a part of something bigger, i.e. the entire MLB offseason. You have this entire MLB offseason where Lindor is moving, Arenado's moving, blah, blah, blah. The Mets have an A, I guess, in this situation because they got all these pieces. Mm-hmm. And compared to the a Mets offseason – the Red Sox offseason isn't necessarily as flashy. It doesn't look as good. And it's both the same 2020 to 2021 offseason. So if the Mets have an A and they did all this and the Red Sox did all this, then if that's an A, then this might be more like a C plus, B minus. That's right. I see where he's coming from that in that situation. But at the same time, the way that I think this question should have been fielded, no offense, (laughs) Klaassen, I think that it should have been fielded as a singular thing outside of any other team because we're not worried about any other team we're worried about the, what the red Sox did we're worried about the red Sox off season the red Sox sign and that's it 100 so oh i think you well i think you gave them a little bit of a low grade i can kind of see where you're coming from let me just say uh, one
4: thing Really, really quick. Go for it. Uh, other teams are always going to get better. Twenty Going into 2018, when we won 108 games, the Yankees traded for the guy who hit the most home runs in the National League in like 15 years. They got mm-hmm. the MVP. Teams are always going to get better. But we do what we need to do to make our team better. And sometimes that outweighs signing Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. So I see where you're getting at. But I really – I think these moves fit the team really well. Yeah, I so agree. Com-
1: Comparatively – I'd give them the B minus C plus as a whole. If you like, if you told me, if Hein Bloom was like, all right, this is my checklist and he checked everything off, I'd give him like a B plus, like B, B like BB B plus. That's all right. Fine. We got to, well, we got to stop this and this move on, on
0: to the next one. Yeah. All right. So going into more news around the MLB, we had a very big trade happen. And honestly, with, with the Arenado trade that let's be honest, Suraki's got fleeced out of their minds.
3: I, yeah, I think when, I didn't see the complete trade because there was constantly more and more being mm-hmm. revealed about it. I don't know exactly who was traded, to be honest, but when you're trading away a guy with Nolan Arenado, and unfortunately we are very familiar with how that feels. It, it If you're a Rockies fan, I'm sorry, because I'm sure that no package could ever – feel like it was worth it to you but at the same time if you're a Cardinals fan congratulations because you now have the best two or you are the best corner infielders in the league like you're the best duo in the league Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado I know Paul Goldschmidt isn't necessarily what he used to be but congratulations
4: yeah you know I feel bad for Rockies fans they I don't know. The Rockies just seem to always have a good core of hitters. The pitchers, I mean, I get Coors Field. It's not an intriguing pitch or a place to to pitch for a pitcher. No. But uh, if I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm very happy. And I've always kind of lived by the motto that you never want to trade with the Cardinals because they always seem uh, to, if you trade with them, them in the Rays if you're sending a player there, they will always do well on one of those teams. Mm-hmm. Like what the Red Sox did. You got Alan Craig back. I mean, Cardinals knew what they were <laughs> what they were giving up there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it stinks for Rockies fans. I don't really know too much about the prospects they got back. But giving up six years of basically prime Aaron Otto to a Cardinals team, I don't think he'll put up the same numbers he did at uh, Corus Field because St. Lawrence is a big ballpark as well. But, yeah, you know, he's a top five third baseman in the game. Went out and got them.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, like this sucks for the Rockies. It's great for the Cardinals, but I almost think this is better for baseball. Um, the MLB is a brand. Um, it sucks to have those small market teams hogging. Um, and this sounds weird because, like, I mean, I don't want like this big shift of all the great players to big markets because that's not what baseball is all about. Yeah. But, you know, it kind of stinks to have these teams like the Rockies have Nolan Arenado where people aren't really watching Rockies games. The Rockies are going to the playoffs. Like, it's kind of the same deal with Mike Trout, where yeah. Mike Trout's never been to the playoffs. And he's the best player of our generation. Once, right? Yeah, he was there
4: once, but they he got swept. Yeah, they,
1: got- uh, and they got swept. So we really haven't seen the best player of our generation. You know, people call him the next Willie Mays for a reason. And we haven't seen him in the playoffs. So it's one of those things of it's great for baseball because if you take a team like the Cardinals that has a really good following and has a really good name to it, and you take the best third baseman in baseball and you bring them over there, then the Cardinals are all of a sudden way bigger of a threat. They're playing in way bigger games and a lot more casual fans are going to go watch, you know, the NLD or uh, NLCS or something. If it's Cardinals and Dodgers or something and Nolan Arenado is lining up a third base. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, again, sucks for the Rockies, great for the Cardinals, but I think it's even better for the MLB.
0: Yeah. And let, let's be honest here. It's not going to be Cardinals, Dodgers. It's going to be Padres, Dodgers. We all know that.
1: Looks like so, it.
0: I, yeah. getting shut down
1: left and right here.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Actually, you know what would be interesting, what I just thought of? So one of those teams is going to win the division. One's going to get the wild card. If the Dodgers have the best record in the league, then they're going to face off in the uh, division series. Yeah, NLD. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah, oh, the, the wild card team plays the team with the best record. Yeah. Unless Atlanta or – Whoever wins the Central, I guess St. Louis, has a better record. But, I mean, Mm -hmm. theoretically, we'll probably see that in the first round, which will be interesting. So, dogfight. It was great baseball.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Here's a problem, though, with the Rockies, right? When we traded Mookie Betts, we got an already MLB-ready player in Alex Verdugo, and we got a couple good prospects that can be MLB-ready soon. With the Indians, they got Lindor, or they traded Lindor. They got two or three MLB ready players and one or two um, prospects that will be ready in the um, near future with the Cardinals. They got Nolan Arenado and $50 million. And none of us can name any of the guys they got back. You're right. You're right. right. Like uh, obviously I'm not putting Arenado on the same pedestal as Mookie Betts. Obviously I think, Um, Trout, Betts, and, um, everybody else are on the same. And then everyone else. Yeah. You know, I put Lindor and Arenado on the same pedestal, not obviously. You guys get what I mean. No, I get, yeah. It
2: was just everyone
0: else. Mm -hmm. It was just an absolute fleecing for who I feel is like a top two third baseman in the MLB right now. And you get that much money back to help pay off most of his contract. Rockies fans I feel terrible for it's
4: not a good time well that's the thing is that when you're trading a guy like this away like they did with Mookie Betts the one piece of excitement is like oh who are we getting back who's the future of this team and when you get back guys who are not exciting and not ranked very high by the the talent um raiders in the MLB the scouts it stinks there's nothing you can do about it it's like you know it's it's kind of how we felt with Mookie Betts, except you're right. We got Verdugo, who's been really good, and Jeter Downs might be our second baseman of the future. And, uh, uh, yeah, I was just reading a little bit about these prospects. And, I mean, even one of them, the Rockies were like, he might top out as, like, our fourth best starter. Like, that's really one of your top guys that you get back for Aaron Otto, really? So, yeah, I, I do feel for them.
1: Um, like I said, I'd love to be in that front office, like kind of be a – you know, have a wiretap in that phone to understand <laughs> – you know what? What the Cardinals had to say to the Rockies to get like to, you know what? Are the what's the sell for those prospects? Unless the Rockies were just completely you know unaware of these prospects and how good or not so good they are, it really is puzzling why you know they didn't get a top five prospect in baseball for the I would say the best third baseman in baseball.
4: Well, it so kind of. It kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, there were rumors last year that Arenado might get traded. But it, honestly, it was maybe a day before that some rumors started stirring around. Yeah. So I don't know if Arenado had said anything because, I mean, let's be honest, he wasn't completely happy in Colorado, but he wasn't like a James Harden situation where he was like, get me out of here. So I don't know what happened. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly,
0: man. I, I don't know. And it's weird to compare this trade to like anything else because like you said, this is something that was out of the blue. We all knew he wasn't too, too happy. His team hasn't had any success at all throughout his, what, seven years or so with the team. Mm -hmm. He hasn't had any success, and you know he's around that prime of his career. He has an opt-out clause for next year in the contract, so the Cardinals are going to have to restructure that to make sure they have him for the rest of the six years. But if he wasn't getting traded, he was just going to get taken out, basically. He was going to... Um, he was just going to opt out and just go wherever he wanted to next year. So
1: yeah, I, I guess I think maybe it was a desperation move, but if you're that desperate, I I find it hard to believe that the Rockies were simply this desperate because no, I think that every team that. in baseball would have been a would have been able to put a, a some. Yeah, I mean, for Nolan Arenado,
3: for nothing. Because, like you said, every team in the league is going to be interested in Nolan Arenado. I don't care. If Nolan Arenado's on the block, you got to listen to something and you got to throw something out there because mm-hmm. you're not going to get another opportunity for the best third baseman in baseball. Like you said, Clausen, I totally agree with that. I think he's the best third baseman in baseball. So, I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking.
0: He's he's had one good take this episode. That was the only good one he's had. <laughs>
2: My I'll I will take that
4: one than none though. Exactly.
3: True.
2: True. Yeah. Keep us keep us on our toes.
4: Hey, you're, you're doing better than like Max Kellerman. So. I was gonna say, get like
1: Bayless. Yeah, I, I hit the <laughs> I hit the mark once. I say Johnny Manziel's gonna be bigger than LeBron, and then I come back and hit on hit on. The-
0: Yo, no, we're not. We're not gonna. We're not gonna compare the Manzel to LeBron anymore.
1: No, uh, I love. I love Manzel coming out. Mm-hmm. Getting a little off topic here, but I let was, let
0: that take. Let that done. take die, please. Yeah,
1: please go on, and I cannot help you. It I don't cannot. Know. I, had, you. I had a Manzel Browns jersey. I'm gonna leave it with that. <laughs> all
0: right, all right. So the MLB just came out with a statement. I believe it was yesterday that um they're. Um, offer for a 154 game season with a added playoffs has been rejected. So we're officially going to have a 162 game season with regular playoffs. Now, I know there've been a lot of different rules coming through in 2020, 2021, but do you guys feel we're going to be able to maintain a full 162 game season? Because we saw with the NFL, they were able to do a full 17 weeks, but so many things had to be, Changed around, and I'm probably lagging at some point. If I am yelling you to say something again, my internet's on because I'm
3: too bad. Okay, yeah, good. you've been
0: good. Okay, good. But yeah, how do you guys feel about that? Do you think we'll be able to keep a 162 game season
3: going? I can't say that I'm too confident in anything with the COVID going on 162 games. That's a lot of games where there's a lot that could go wrong. So, I mean. Hoping for it, obviously, more than anything. But if I'm being realistic, I would say that it's probably not going to happen. Maybe more like 80% of that, something in that ballpark. But like I said, never going to root against it. I would hate to say something bad about it and try and jinx it or anything like that. So hopefully we do hit it.
1: Hopefully. Um, I mean, 162, I think is 60 was hard to keep. You know, there was a lot of stuff going on. There was a lot of teams, especially at the beginning, that were like the Marlins. They had a huge breakout with like 20 guys. Yeah, that was um, crazy. On the COVID list. So I think with 60 games and then you add 100 to that, I mean, that's a lot. And, um, you know, there was a, I, I enjoyed the rule changes in 2020. It was a nice little change up for baseball. Um, and I actually would have liked to see a 154-game season because I think 162 is really long. You get a you get to a point in the season where you kind of have that hype at the beginning and then you hit like the dog days of summer and it's cool and then it kind of like fizzles in and out and then you get to the playoffs and it's really cool again. So I think cutting out what is that eight games? Yeah, it's not much, but um a lot of people are calling for a shorter season, and I think it actually would have been, you know, kind of a cool thing to see, um, at least experiment with for a year. Um, honestly.
4: So the 154-game proposal included them pushing back the start of the season, correct? Uh, Yes. Okay. So in that case, no, I don't like it. However, I think that if I was the commissioner, I think it would be smart to start on time and just shorten the season by, like, eight to 15 games because we've seen it in the past, too, where even with weather, there will be a game that still has to be made up between, like, Pittsburgh and San Diego where a team will have to – travel for a day and make like even then that can be challenging to make up and we're in the midst of a pandemic right now and again as clausen said we struggled at points to make it through 60 in two months make it 162 games in six months i again i would love to see it happen but i think we just need to be realistic with things i think if a lot of the players can get the vaccine then we might be on a, a different path here but, again, I don't know how possible that is. I don't know if, you know, where the athletes stand on on that list to get that. But um, I think they just need to build in more off days or maybe the other solutions. And, you know, maybe you have a four-game series in three days. You play a doubleheader one of those days, and you free up ten extra off days for – you know, the Red Sox to travel to Baltimore when a couple of players get code or something like that. Yeah. You need to just be more creative with it because having a traditional season, as much as I hate to say, it's probably not the most realistic thing to happen.
3: Yeah.
0: No, I get that. And um, going off what Klaus was saying, um, the rules that we had in 2020, some of them I really liked. Uh, the 20, the second base rule in extras, I hated with a passion
2: that, that, that
0: sucked it. university I liked everything else I really liked, but I, I wanted to get back to that. And that was great. And uh, as you were saying, Andrew, um, I'm losing my train of thought here so bad, <laughs> but um, yeah, we wanted the season to start right on time. Cause of course for us, as content creators for the Red Sox, it would suck to have to have that happen. Like for, like I was saying, when I started, We had the Mookie Betts trade, and then we had four months worth of absolutely nothing. Zero content to start out a Red Sox podcast. Would not recommend.
2: (laughs) We were
4: were in a similar situation. I mean, we started literally two days after the World Series ended, and then it was like Alex Core is the big news for a while, and then I think we had like three or four episodes in a row where the title was like, who's coming to boston like what's happening next and they were just like
3: please every, sign someone yeah
4: i was like mm-hmm. every week like next week it's gonna happen and it didn't end up happening till like the end of january but yeah i mean we'll, we'll see what happens
0: yeah i and like you said I've, I've i've officially given up on trying to create catchy titles for episodes uh, <laughs> you you guys will see this episode i i have no idea what i'll call it yet but y'all y'all will see <laughs> you'll see it tomorrow but finally I want to get into is we were talking about this earlier um, with Trevor Bauer, right? Some, some Red Sox fans are like, Oh, we're going to get Bauer. It's going to be great. You know, Jerry Carabas will force him to come here and it'll all be fine. And then Bauer came back with wearing a Yankees hat, but we don't, we don't talk about that. That was, that was dark. Where's he going? The right now he only has one offer on the table from, and it will be inside and that's from the Mets, which scares me. But, Where's he
3: going? The thing about Bauer is that his market is not nearly as big as as that he thought it would be. It's not nearly as big. And a report came out that the Dodgers noticed this was the case and are saying now if it stays this way and that Bauer's market isn't going to increase and if it stays smaller than expected, then hey, maybe as the Los Angeles Dodgers, who are willing to spend – as much money as they want because they're probably like the third biggest market in the league. They might go in there and they might scoop up Trevor Bauer, add him to an already top two or three rotation in the league and nobody would like that. So hopefully the Mets do actually sign Trevor Bauer. That's what I would hope for personally. I'd way rather him go to New York and make them better than the yankees because obviously i don't know about you but i know i don't like the yankees <laughs> so if the mets could be better than the yankees that'd be pretty sweet
4: mm-hmm. i think he's going to the astros i'm kidding, I, kidding. I was just nah, completely kidding although i will say that the astros like if the whole scandal never happened i think it could be an okay fit with him the astros are kind of short with pitching you know a one-year deal Uh, I agree with Steve. I think he's going to the Mets. I think that Steve Cohen, despite him not having a Twitter account now, uh, I think that he's going to put his money where his mouth is. And he's, you know, he – I can't even think who they signed now. Uh, McCann, right? Uh, But they missed out on Springer. They missed out on Real Muto. So maybe, uh, maybe Springer. Or, geez, maybe Bauer. I think Bauer.
1: Yeah, I think the, the Mets would be a cool spot. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, oh, actually, the Angels. I the Angels. I would love to see Trevor Bauer, the Angels, because uh, he's from SoCal. Him and Mike Trout would be cool. Um, I know Trevor Bauer has a huge social media presence. If you guys haven't checked out yeah, his, like, Twitter and his YouTube and stuff, it's electric. He uh, There was some video not too long ago. I'll keep it short. But there was some video. He brought in some, like, content creator or something. they were doing like batting practice and like guys are like ripping smelling salts and like getting in the cage against Trevor Bauer. And he was just throwing like 95, like heaters, like right by him. It was so funny. Um, And the angels, um, the Mets would be cool as well. Um, You know, big market. I'd want them to be better than the Yankees, but um, I think the angels, I would love to see him in the angels, as long as he doesn't go to the Dodgers or the Astros or the Yankees. I'm fine with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So I know this episode has gone long. All right. Uh, we've, we've been at about an hour now, somewhere on that really quick before we go, I just wanted to ask you guys one question. So you guys went on section 10. First. I want to hear how did that end up happening? Cause I remember listening to the show before where they're talking about you guys. Um, And how's it been after being able to, like, keep in contact with those guys, have them on your show, and all that stuff?
3: Maybe I can field the first part of this question. Um, So one day, it was just a normal day. Uh, None none different than any other. We were still very small. It was probably after episode three. And I had an idea, literally, just randomly, and was like, hey, I uh, have – I don't ever use Reddit, but I know that there's a subreddit for the Red Sox and that might be a good spot to post a link to our podcast if the moderators of that page let us. And I made us account, made a Gone Bridge Reddit account, and I sent the moderators of that subreddit, the r slash Red Sox, said, hey, do you guys mind if I post on your on your subreddit for my podcast and they were totally cool with it threw it up there jared Carabas, obviously the host of section 10 happened to see it at the time we got extremely lucky we got extremely fortunate that he happened to see it and he listened to a little bit of our podcast and he happened to like what he heard shout out to uh nomar garcia para
4: better than derek Jeter. <laughs> and derek and uh,
3: it's pretty much history from there. So that's the first part of the question. I don't know if Gardner or Clausen wants to finish the second part of the question on how it's been since
4: then. Well, uh, so we kind of found out about it too. We were, yeah, it was, uh, it was middle of December. We had just released episode six, I think. And Steve texted us. It was like two in the morning. He was like, Holy crap. Like they just mentioned us on section 10, like not directly, but he was like, there's no way they were talking about anyone else. Cause they were like talking about Reddit and everything. So we were like, yeah. that's crazy. And then, um, you know, we, he threw stuff like the clip up on our like Instagram stuff. We we're like, awesome. Trying to go to bed. And then Steve texts us like three thirty, and he's like, they actually like set our name. They like came back to us and we're like, no way. So it was crazy. Um, we we're all back in the last spring. And so I had his phone number and I texted him and I was like, Hey, like you definitely don't remember who I am, but that podcast who you mentioned, like that's mine he's like oh sweet like uh like super funny and so the next week we uh you know we we planned something together and uh i mean yeah we're we're super fortunate i mean we're not taking any of this for granted because again it's just it was honestly pure luck but um it's been it's been amazing class i'll let you kind of finish this off like where where it's gone since then
1: yeah i mean i'll i'll take it um a little person like a little more of a personal level so Um, Going into like the first couple episodes, I mean, I know somewhat about the Red Sox. Um, I have my good amount of knowledge, but at the same time, when I would go into episodes, I would, you know, prepare a little bit. I would have an idea of what we're talking about, but I wouldn't really dive into it and spend all this time on it. Where now, after section 10, and now that we have some listeners, um, I've kind of gotten to that point of being like, all right, I have to be on my A game. And just it's, it's kind of forced me to get much better with this. So, um, you know, that's very cool. And then the other part is just kind of having those guys that are there. Um, you know, Jared Carabas, obviously, um, he's not on speed dial or anything, but, um, he knows who we are. So if he ever sees us in his DMS or anything, uh, he's, you know, a little more, maybe a little more prone to answer, at least check it out. Mm -hmm. Um, so just kind of having those guys knowing that we were in the same shoes that they were, at the start of their podcasting journey and everything like that. It's just really cool. So Jared, I don't think we really can't speak high. We can't even speak higher enough than um, we do of him now. He's just really an awesome guy.
4: Nah, he's Uh, been amazing to us. And uh, I know Steve's gone. Uh, His laptop died. I'll relay his his message real quick. He said, thank you for having us on. Ton of fun. Hope to work together in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyways, the one other thing I was going to say is, um, actually, something Steve said, which he probably would have said was, um, I think it was what cost, like episode two or three, he was like, even if we get five or 10 like consistent people who listen to us every week, like that's crazy that people put in the time to do that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's crazy that it's multiplied way past that. And we'll have people, you know, tweeting at us every week, like what they thought about this, what they thought about that. And it's so crazy to us, especially that a good majority of them don't live in New England. And how big red Sox nation is Mm -hmm. yeah
0: exactly like one of one of my biggest fans shout out jd he lives in la like out of all places he found me like from all the way across the country
4: yeah it's crazy yeah we have you know we've had people message us you know from asia too and just being like hey like really yeah like you to live in boston like it's awesome that he like it's it's unbelievable and it it really it's just crazy because you know we sit here like this and we talk, it's the three of us or, you know, the four of us, someone else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we edit it a little bit and we put it up and it's just weird to think. Cause you, you see the numbers come in, you see people download it, but you don't actually think about like this many people listen to us talk about this, this, like, it's just, it still blows my mind. And I think it will for a while. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can like put some names to faces someday and, once covid is over meet some of those people cuz it's just yeah. everybody's been so supportive and we we yeah. can't thank everybody enough no, i absolutely. think
1: probably the coolest the coolest thing is um when we're we're able to kind of look at our statistics a little bit um you know see where things are Bots is in washington state shout out lake stevens washington yeah lake stevens washington <laughs> has more downloads than my hometown why yeah. and it was it, it was rivaling gardeners for a while too like i think he, it overtook it for you know close. a couple yeah. days but yeah. it's just crazy that you know we have people from literally every you know almost every continent yeah, i think 40 missing, i
4: think we're 47 states in like 17 countries now it's crazy i think we're
1: missing like africa or something geez. Um, yeah
4: six continents too yeah it's it's just it's been
1: insane so yeah
0: i i don't even know how you guys check that because with the rss that i use it only shows me like basic statistics like how many people subscribed how many people downloaded oh, okay tough.
4: yeah and, we use uh we use buzzsprout which we really like oh, gotcha
0: it's a good i literally just picked the first one i had no idea what, <laughs> like i said i had no idea what i was doing when i first started this put it up on spotify at like episode 16 didn't even
4: know i could put it up on spotify until then finally figured everything out yeah but, no it's the same thing with us i mean i think when we recorded our first episode, we didn't have a Spotify page. We didn't have an Apple page. Mm-hmm. I think we came up with the name. Oh, going back to how we came up with the name too. I don't think we answered. Oh yeah. That. We never answered that. It was basically just us like firing ideas. We were trying to think of something unique and Red Sox related. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, Hey, we all love Eck. We love when he's like, Oh, he went bridge there. And then we kind of just played around with the wording a little bit. Mm. But um, yeah, at the time when we recorded our first episode, we literally came up with the name like 15 minutes before <laughs> we had nothing. We held on to it for a couple of days and finally like hours before we posted it, we got approved for Spotify and then we threw it up and so Damn. yeah, it's just been it's been quite the journey and but we're we're ready for uh for some real Red Sox baseball. That is
0: awesome, man. Like when I when I started this podcast, my friend and I literally sat for like a good 2-3 hours just trying to riff off names and once once I said like I was looking at like random Red Sox stuff that people might know and then pesky pole podcast just it rolled off the tongue so well the heavens opened up it was like yeah. that glory moment of just oh my god this is it
4: this is i'm what- not i'm not gonna lie i think we we might have like i feel like pesky pole is one of the things
1: we thought of we thought of it and then i think we saw your podcast I think we saw you. That. we can't do that like that's taken. i, how have, I mm-hmm. have
4: some of the original like names that we had come up with most of oh. them were really, like just super generic so we have let the- me hear we have rounding first, um, five, four, three triple play featuring us, <laughs> um, the high and outside podcast, and play at the plate. So we just went with as unique as we could go, and that's.
1: that's oh, we we, we had one more. That was an ec- so uh, we were gonna do three run Johnson. <laughs> oh yeah, we kind we kind of knocked that one out just in case it went a little haywire. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we figured Gone Bridge was a pretty good, you know, middle ground of, it's not like, you know, it, it, it kind of, it works well.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and I like I like how when they were talking about in Section 10 the week before you guys got on, they got that reference, like, instantly. Yeah. Honestly, we, I I didn't get it at first, I'm not gonna lie.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, we I was a little afraid as well that people were gonna go, oh, Gone Bridge, like, what's that? Mm-hmm. And I've had to explain it to a couple of people, but at the same time, the... Uh, people that know baseball and have been around it for a while, they get it right away.
4: Yeah. yeah. That's the coolest part, I think. Because, yeah, I mean, a lot of my friends at school will be like, oh, like, what does that mean? And you have to explain it to them. But, yeah, the diehard baseball fans, I mean, at least the Red Sox fans, they know it. It's it's crazy. Crazy. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. All
0: right. So I don't want to keep a lot more of your guys' time. I will let you guys go. We'll end the episode. Before we do, uh, you guys got anything you want to say to the fans?
4: Um just yeah, thank you for uh thank you for having us on. We really appreciate it. And uh yeah, we'll we'll work something out soon. Have you on uh our show in the coming weeks and uh yeah, it's just a ton of fun and uh yeah, ghost socks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I love that it's it's super cool that um you know, Red Sox podcasts are collaborating and everything like that. It's mm-hmm. you know, kinda nuts that you know we're getting we're going on to other shows and people want to come on to ours like it's it's really so cool so yeah thank you so much for for reaching out to us and getting us on here and i'm I'm definitely looking forward to working with you in the future
0: oh yeah Absolutely. guys we're definitely going to keep in touch i'm for my fans we are planning something on me going on to their show sometime in the near future we'll figure definitely. something out but make sure you guys go follow the gone bridge podcast on what spotify itunes youtube yeah
4: we have a. Uh... Most most uh, streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Google Podcasts, and then you can follow us on Twitter at GoneBridge and Instagram at the GoneBridge Podcast. All right, perfect. So with that being said to the fans,
0: thank you guys so much for watching. As is every week, roll that outro music. I will see you guys in the next one.
2: I have a dream, that's all I need. I'll make it happen with some work and belief. Know what I want, so I'll take it on. Made mistakes, but mistakes make you strong Let's break it down for a minute I want the crown, I'm gon' get it You hear me loud, man, I'm winning Yeah, try Sheen the shame will be grinning These ladies know that I'm sinning And this is just the beginning I'm closing in the night getting There ain't no point in resisting Living life like a dream living right, that's the thing Every night, got a team I've been tied to the scene Out on stage, here on screen Okay, this a the dream And I pray, that's the team One day, it'd be me If I want it, then i get it Head down Push myself to the limit. if I play it then I win it, I'm just saying, I'm just living for today, for a minute, I don't stay, I just lose it, I have no shame, I admit it, I can't me, to see if I succeed, to see if I believe, they're looking up to God, man, I'm gonna make it soon Silence all the haters as they see us making moves I do what I want, so I got nothing to prove Staying motivated, teaching others what to do focus focused, my mind is open, they start to notice, that I'm in motion, there is no potion, you're not just chosen, it takes devotion, to stay composed, man, never stop, never stop, there ain't no time to fuck, try to live, get it up, you got one life to pop. thick big, never small, cause you gotta want it all, when you finally get that call, you get ready, take it on need a hand. Ready, stand out, starting to advance now, ready to expand now, you don't have a chance now, much more in demand now, make it by the grand now, feeling in command now, now. They're looking yeah. right at me, to see if I succeed, to see if I believe, they're looking One. up to